definitely human. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 59. It is a very blustery, cold winter's day. Um, I am up early at the farm to open up the gates to make way for the wool press. Oh, God. So I'm just standing in front of all these bales. We took delivery of 20 tons of wool last year. And so today, a separate company is coming to unbag all the wool to press it into bales um, and then it'll be much easier to take away Uh, so at the moment they're in sort of 50 to 100 kilo bags so it's going to take them a week it's a pretty big job I feel sorry for them having to do it out in the wind and rain I need to now get the telehandler and then I'm going to unload the wool press from the back of this trailer and then they're going to get cracking they've come from Tavistock so it's an hour's drive away I've just got hair in my mouth um (laughs) Anyway, I'm babbling. It's early in the morning. I've only just had my coffee. So yeah, I'm going back to the farm to get the telehandler. Absolutely drenched. Oh my God. Morning. About 20 ton here then you said? Yes. Yeah, pretty rounded, yeah. So it's been a few days since James was here um, packing all of the wool into the bags. Um, I came over to see him a couple of times, but it was so windy, it was impossible to record. I was hoping that the wool press would be this really big, epic, you know... But really, it was quite quiet anyway. It was like this hydraulic machine that basically just pressed the wool down. So it was in this neat little package and it just kept pressing the wool down and down and down. I mean, it's unbelievable. We had these huge sort of two meter by meter and a half bags of wool that weighed probably about, you know, 50 to 70 kilos and now fit into a meter by meter square is 200 kilos of wool so it's really been packed in um it's absolutely incredible the shed is now empty all that's left is little tufts of wool strewn about with like leaves and things all the bales have been stacked and we've probably we're probably looking at sort of 30 to 40 bales of wool here and they're all going to get collected and shipped off to the depot 
And it was a really interesting first year to be doing the wool. You know, we were sort of told, oh, yeah, you'll get 100 tons. Um, but we started when most of the wool had already been, you know, in the spring when sheep are shorn. Usually we started in like August, September. So only the sheep on the very top of the moors were left to be sort of defleeced. And so I think the next year we're going to be looking at a lot more. Interestingly, chatting to James, he also just started doing this wool business a couple of years ago. And in the first year, he said they didn't get that much. And then last year they got uh, 70 tons. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a business to build upon. People find out that you're local and it's easier to drive to and cheaper to drive to than an hour away. Um, And you get paid immediately. So yeah, it's been an interesting new arm of the business. It's been really nice meeting local farmers. As we mentioned, you know, before it was, we feel like we've been a bit out of it, mum and I, you know, we're not like into the farming trade, you know, we're not doing markets, we don't have animals. So yeah, it's been really interesting catching up with farmers week on week and just, you know, finding out what's going on and just sort of keeping in touch really and putting faces to names and, you know, people that, you know, dad would have worked with years ago that, you know, we've lost touch with and things like that. You know, it's really nice. Sad to see, I mean, the price of wool was dropping throughout the season. So in the beginning of the season, for a nice white fleece, you were getting 40 pence a kilo. And then it kept dropping, you know, 35p, 30p. Um, And you just feel so bad for these farmers. I mean, it is a byproduct. But back when my dad was first farming, the amount of money he would get off of the fleeces of all his sheep would have paid for the rent of the farm for a year. Um, It was worth so much more. I mean, you know, coming from a fashion background, I understand people don't want scratchy lambs wool jumpers. They want alpaca or merino, which is wool specifically from New Zealand. It's not in this country. It's a very different kind of wool, long haired and curly, not like the kind of tight tufts that you see on the sheep in this country. It's just a very different market and we've got used to synthetic fibres most of all, you know, aside from the alpaca and the merino wool, which let's face it is a luxury these days, whereas lamb wool used to be, you know, that was all you could have your jumpers made out of. Now you've got polyamides and nylons and ah, acrylic, <laughs> machine washable wool. So most of this wool will be going into, I think, um, house roof insulation. So it'll be sort of turned into this sort of thick um, woven fabric that will then be sort of cladded and padded into your roofs to keep all the heating in. So there's quite a lot of work that needs to be done to it from now. Uh, The wool needs to be treated. It needs to be, I think, you know, all the oil removed. It was quite shocking, you know, how covered in lanolin, which is the oil that is in um, lamb's wool, how absolutely covered in lanolin we would be after every single time. You know, you would need to be wearing your overalls, your gloves. Um, <laughs> it would get absolutely covered. But yeah, I'm pleased to know that after taking on this job this year, local farmers will no longer be needing to set fire to their wool or chuck it on the dung heap. They'll at least be getting most of the money that it costs to shear the sheep. So they'll be getting their money back and they won't be left in a deficit. And yeah, this wool will be going to a good home and being used for a good cause. I do hope we see the day again when sheep's wool is used all over the place. I mean, it's such an incredible material. I've seen tree guards, which are now made of plastic, which is not very good for the environment. You can make tree guards out of lamb's wool, which keeps the tree insulated, and then it slowly decomposes over time. You know, I think we need to overhaul the whole system. But at the moment, there's just these little inspiring one-off projects that, uh, you know, you hear about online and you just want it to be scaled up and make it so that that's the norm. But then on the other side, I can totally imagine that a tree guard made of wool is probably going to end up costing more than plastic because the sorry state of it is that plastic is too cheap. 
So I'm currently in the shed waiting for John to turn up. He's going to come and pick up all of these bales and take them away to the plant. And yeah, they'll be turned into all these incredible products. In the meantime, I need to look for a knife because apparently James <laughs> James left a very sentimental knife uh, somewhere in the barn. And so I'm going to have a look for it uh, and then post it back to him if I can find it. I hope it's not stuck in one of the 200 kilo bales. <laughs> it's like literally looking for a needle in a haystack. So I'm on my way to see Jim and Amy Taylor. They've been keeping lambs on our farm for the last few months. They've been strip grazing them, which means you don't sort of put a whole load of sheep in a field and let them get on with it. You actually um, cordon off different parts of the field to let the grass grow back and regenerate more. So more sort of regenerative farming. They've also got some very cute little Swiss Valley sheep, which are the white sheep with the black faces. And they've got very long curly wool, which they sell the wool to various sort of wool designers. You've heard from me on how we felt about being the intermediary with the wool business this year, but I really wanted to hear from a sheep farmer themselves um, to how they found the whole experience. <laughs> Hello. Oh, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Oh, nice right. to see you. Yeah, good, thank you. Hello. Oh my God. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good. How are you? Good. Yeah, good, thank you. Spring vibes off, isn't it? I know. Like, uh, so it's gonna be like... Well, I heard there's another beast from the east at yeah. the end of Feb, so yes, I don't get your hopes up too much. They're looking a bit, bit horrendous at the moment. They just need full shearing and sorting out, <laughs> ready to go outside. These are your Swiss valets. You said last time they're more pets than. Yeah, they, pretty, they pretty much are. Yeah. But you actually have a designer that you sell the wool to. We did. Who was it who had it? Or was it slowed down? Yeah. yeah I mean, like, lived down. There's a few fleeces that Libs has got to shake up. Someone through the royal family, yeah, and they're sort of connecting up there. They want a few fleeces once we get into, the, I think, of the lamb fleeces in the summer. But it's nothing major on that front. Okay. The trouble is, everything moves in waves, doesn't it? Yeah. So what's the difference? Is it is it price per kilo the same as the, the other wool? It's for the small market, if you can find yeah. one. Right. Artisani. Yeah. It's the name, it's it's everything that the breed carries with it really. I That's don't think it's particularly great. It's not it okay. you you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily put it as a better quality as anything else like the commercial stuff that we do, but it's the name around it, it's the brand that they can put behind it. They're the world's cutest sheep. Yeah, so if they if they are. if they can say that whatever they're making is produced with the wool from the world's cutest sheep, then <laughs> it's yeah. So other than these little cute ones, how many um how many sheep, how many ewes do you have? So we're quite low at the moment. Oh, we're yeah. probably at, we're probably at the lowest we've been for a long time. We're we're lambing about seven hundred this year. Um we normally sit around a thousand eleven hundred um but we've culled quite hard recently i mean amy's the shepherd but is that because there's more money in cattle than no not necessarily just um the way that we're trying to farm um it's everything's pointed towards a lower input system we've been culling quite hard from our sheep flock for the last few years now which has meant that we've dropped numbers quite considerably but to be honest like so last year with the drought it probably wasn't a bad thing so i mean we obviously just started doing this sort of the in between of this wool market and yeah you came to us for the first time last year yeah, yeah. 
you saved on petrol having to go all the yeah, way out yeah, to South Bolton anyway. Definitely. Um, but yeah, how do you feel in the price of shearing? And I saw it was quite depressing really to see the price drop and drop throughout the start. You know, I think at the start it was sort of 40 pence yeah. per kilo and then it was 35 and 30. And you're yeah. Saying, oh God. Yeah. I think the sad reality of it is, is it really has got to the point now where you don't really follow the price. Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. We shear them because they need shearing. Obviously, having you guys so local, it's just as easy to take the wool to you as it is to do what a lot of people are doing, which is burning it and burying it and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, and at the end of the day, it is still an incredible product. So it seems a shame for it to be wasted. I mean, I'm all for looking at different ways of getting rid of things and whatnot. And we've always been with the wool board and there's nothing wrong with what they do. But also a bit of competition isn't a bad thing either um so no it's um it's a shame the way it is hopefully it picks up i can't see it picking up for a long time but hopefully it does yeah well you sent me that amazing article on um somebody in wales a vineyard using wool underneath their vines and i hadn't heard of that but i'm i'm fascinated and i really want to try it so maybe i'll be buying your wool next (laughs) year (laughs) yeah well no yeah no definitely and in and around gardens and whatnot and market gardens and there's there's a huge amount of people you experimenting with wool and using it in different ways now i mean the obvious one is wool insulation but the crazy thing that i find about wool insulation is that actually a lot of the wool that we produce in this country is actually too good a quality for wool insulation so we end up having to import someone else's wool to use to produce our wool insulation which means that it doesn't help our industry nothing seems to be working quite right at the moment there's there's not enough joint up thinking i don't think um within the industry and the wider industry to try and use what we create here for what we can you yeah use and serve within our own country but you know, it, 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 it'd be great to think that we could... <laughs> Find you do something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It needs yeah, a complete it, it, yeah. overhaul, doesn't it? I mean, it? Wool, wool, is a great, wool is a great product yeah. for what, just through what it, what it does for a sheep. If you think, it, you know, it stops a sheep freezing in the winter, but yet it can stop a sheep boiling in the summer. Mm. So, you know, it's insulation qualities for whether that be in a house, on a bed, clothing. There's nothing that man can produce that will imitate that but yet it's the cost i suppose the cost behind it is too great but then it's what cost that comes at for the rest of the for the for the wider environment globally yes i hope we see a time when yeah it it, we need all these new innovations to come through and everybody to start using it that's it i don't know i suppose from farmer level you sort of sit back and you think well everything that we can do now we can put members of public in space but yet we can't turn wool into a usable product well the sad state of it is isn't it i was thinking about you know the vine guards or tree guards that are made out of wool you know it just costs it's going to end up costing a lot more than the plastic equivalent which is just so wrong yeah it is it is it is wrong what's the answer that's the trouble Mm. um in a time where we're more and more worried about you know the cost of living and everything you don't want to spend more on that's exactly it when you're when you're watching when you're watching the bottom line constantly there's so many things that are that 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 are lovely and sound like a lovely idea but the the cost of it is um is the biggest hurdle you know when we started rearing calves what would it be eight years ago seven eight years ago yeah. We're talking ton, ton of milk powder was twelve hundred pound. Oh wow! Whereas those, it was just under three thousand. But the calf's worth the same. Yeah. Okay. 
cakes doubled, vet and meds have all not quite doubled, but every, everything's just gone up. And so it's um, it's it, it's not it's not viable, but it's also the feeling of like not having control. Hmm. Um, and so it's it, that that's a lot of it for for me anyway is trying to take control of what we're actually doing. Um, and at the point where you've got no control, it's not particularly pleasant. Yeah. So I'm up in the vineyard at the moment. I'm currently hiding inside the barn because it's quite windy and I feel like you guys have already had enough wind being blown in your ears this episode. I am nearly finished pruning the 5,000 vines. Um, it's taken us a long time. It's been pretty backbreaking because you're having to bend down, lift up the vine guards and trim back the vines to either two buds from the stuff that was planted this year or the ones that were planted the year before. We've actually taken up to the first fruiting wire, which is quite exciting. So as I mentioned, Jim sent me a link to this article about this Welsh vineyard called Gwynland Conwy, who have come up with this revolutionary new idea for sheep's wool to actually put sheep fleeces underneath the vines. This is absolutely perfect for me at the moment. It's the peak problem solving that I've been looking for. I was worried that the vines have really suffered from the drought last year. And I think I've left too much grass under the vine, which is fine when they're fully established. But I think seeing as they're still quite young, the roots haven't quite gone down deep enough and they're fighting for nutrients with the ground grass. So I was trying to think of what to do. I basically need to spray off the grass just underneath the vine, but then I'm worried that if you leave bare soil, even more aggressive weeds would come and sort of fight for water and nutrients with the vines. So putting fleeces underneath would be perfect because it would suppress the weeds. The weeds wouldn't be able to get to the sun. The weeds wouldn't grow. But then also, as it slowly decays over a two-year period, it feeds nutrients into the vine. It's also a really good slug and snail deterrent because they don't like the sort of oily lanolin. It keeps the moisture in the ground. And then it even has the added benefits of because the fleeces are white, it actually reflects sunlight back up onto the grapes and ripens them even more in the summer. So just the more I read, the more fascinated I was. And I just think this could be literally the answer that we're looking for. So so time to get back out in the vineyard and finish this pruning. There's about 100 vines per row and each vine we're having to bend down and sort of lift up the vine guard and choose between the two stalks that we selected from last year. So choose the straightest and best kind of future trunk of the vine. Um, the only thing is, I mean, as you're working each and every vine, you there are two methods. You can either bend down on your knees or you can sort of lean forward. You are either absolutely killing your back or you're absolutely killing your knees. So I've come up with the ingenious solution of basically just pointing at where David needs to prune on the vine and my back's feeling a lot better. Finally, after a year in the farm managerial role, I have acquired a new tool in my effective leadership repository. Delegation! I'm already looking forward to going mad with power. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you guys, and thank you for listening. If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash definitelyhuman. Back to Earth is a Definitely Human production. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 